Titus here with the Fantasy Buckets podcast on the Action Network, hosted by Prize Picks. I'm joined with my guy, Adam Koffler, as usual. We're at week eight already, man. Want to know how your week seven went and uh, how's it going? Pretty good, man. My week seven went so much better than my week six. I will let you handle the, the honors on the week six results. But as it's looking right now on Sunday, I'm up currently eight to one in, in our uh, fantasy basketball league for week seven. So I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping up in the standings just a little bit, uh, get out of, uh, I think I'm in eighth place currently. Hopefully I can get up to, we got a, a jam packed middle of the pack. So I'm looking to get up to like fourth or fifth. And I think I will with that, with that big victory this week. And then week eight's looking really good for me. And we're going to discuss uh, a little bit about why. This is rare form for you. You're a fantasy guru, man. Like I've been in plenty of leagues with you over the years, whether it be football or basketball, to see you in eighth place actually gives me quite a bit of joy. I could take a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, responsibility for putting you in eighth place after that epic comeback last week. I was down like 7-2 in week six to Koffler going into Sunday. I think I even said it last week. It's going to take a lot for me to come back, but I willed it out when I put out a 6-3 victory, so I'll take it. Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes got poked in the eye, missed three <laughs> games that week. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid was on the COVID list for like three months. So, came off, I mean, this, came off and dropped 42 for you. Yeah, yeah. But the, Rashawn Holmes actually really hurt me, to be honest with you. That yeah, team, yeah. Like, it, yeah, that team just puts out the numbers. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's get into some hoops talk. We were talking about Anthony Edwards last week and how great he was. You said you'd take him over Luca, so I wanted to pull that thread a little bit more and ask you why. I think the obvious, you know, if we're looking at box scores and and the fantasy stats, Luca's fifty seven overall on a per game basis this season, only seventy over the last two weeks. Whereas you look at Anthony Edwards, thirty ninth overall on a per game basis, twenty three over his last two weeks. So. What more do you know or what more do you see that you're like out on Luca? Always, man. I've been out on Luca since day yeah. one when his ADP was like a top five. It's stupid. In a, in a nine cat league, in a, in a points league, I'm, I'm more so okay with it. Really, what, what, ha- what Luca does is he tanks your free throw percentage. He takes, you know, nine, 10 attempts per game and only shoots 68%. That, that is considered tanking your free throw percentage week in and week out. So if, if you're punting that category, that's, that's okay then Luca's a little bit better for you. Maybe he's a top 40 asset as opposed to just a top 60 or 70 asset. Um, but he, he's also lacking in the defensive stats on the season. He's averaging 1.5 stocks per game as opposed to Ann Edwards is about almost 2.5 per game. So, so right there, that's a big difference as well. So really the only thing you're getting with Luca um, that Ant isn't giving you is some of those assist numbers. But essentially, you know, you're getting the similar field goal percentage. And, and it's really just two guys that are volume guys. But one guy's a good free throw shooter is going to get you defensive stats. And one is not. So what I would do is I, if I was in a fantasy league, I think most people still value Luca over Ant. And because of that, I would try to trade Luke. I would try to trade, uh, trade away Luca um, for Ant and a piece. Like you could probably get Anthony Edwards and another guy for Luca Doncic just because of where you drafted Luca this season. So, like, I would dangle that in front of the Anthony Edwards manager in your league to see if you could do that. 
Luca still gets a lot of name notoriety, man. Like no you could definitely get a, a solid trade for him just off the strength of that alone. But I think you're right. If you're looking at the pure fantasy value of Luca, he's more of a Russell Westbrook than anything else. And Paying a top five pick for that, ooh, man, that's got a sting right now. I think, yeah, I think you just, I think you went back and looked at one of my tweets because I think I said exactly that same thing. <laughs> he's he's a glorified Russell Westbrook at this point, and it doesn't look like doesn't look like those defensive stats and those free free throw percentages going to come up anytime soon. Like we thought, like I don't understand how guys like Luca and LeBron can't shoot free throws because they're like amazing players and they probably they're like you know some of the best at their craft to ever do it, but. Man, these guys shoot under 70%. It's a killer for fantasy. So, yeah, wanted to go to a team that has just been absolutely flourishing. We had a lot of question marks around this squad in the beginning of the preseason just because there's so much there's so much talent there and not enough balls to go around. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan was a guy that I was fading a lot in uh, fantasy drafts. We talked about him several weeks ago. You were claiming he's a sell high. I want to know if you've come around on that because I think – if we're talking basketball, this is obviously a fancy basketball podcast, but we can also mix in real basketball hoops here too. DeMar DeRozan's playing like an all NBA player. They're both all-stars. And I, I could think you could probably make the argument for Zach Levine, maybe even making a case for all NBA at this point, but want to get your thoughts on DeMar DeRozan. And if you're finally coming around to him being a legit hold for the rest of the season. He scored 28 plus points in his last four games. He's not, he's not slowing down. I call him a sell high because he shouldn't be doing this. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't hit threes. He doesn't get that many defensive stats, but he's still a top 20 guy in nine cat leagues because just putting up numbers everywhere else. It's just it's, what he's doing uh, alongside Levine and Lonzo ball is just insane. And look, at this point in 2021, the, the NBA is really like a three man backcourt. And I've never seen a three man backcourt like Lonzo ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. I don't think ever. Like the things that they're doing in Chicago is just insane. Like Chicago is a legitimate contender to win a championship. Very, very legitimate. Yeah. It's in Lonzo, man. And I was going to bring him up in a, in a future conversation here today. But I mean, over the last two games, man, he's got six blocks. Lonzo's doing Draymond Green things, but he's also giving you three pointers and and uh, scoring as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you there, man. And we're not, I mean, Caruso left with a hamstring injury. That's my boy. I hope he gets right. But th this team is loaded with talent and they're all balling. Vucevic is the only guy that's still, he's still pretty fantasy relevant. He's doing what he needs to do as a center, not scoring as much, but having a very solid fantasy season. Yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo's a stud, man. From a, from a fantasy perspective in nine category leagues, the dude's a stud. I mean, he's hitting three three-pointers a game, 2.7 stocks a game. He only shoots 41%, but he's not taking that many shots. They're mostly three-pointers at this point. But he just right. fills up the box score every single night. Like, oh, the Bulls play up. Got Lonzo Ball in my lineup. This is probably going to be a good night. Yeah. And uh, the more encouraging thing about DeMar, man, he's he's seen a 30% usage rate this season. Woo. And uh, that's that's outpacing Zach Levine, too. So very impressed by DeMar DeRozan's game. His mid-range jumper, man, it's like looking Kobe-esque right now. Woo. Can't be stopped. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about I, I just brought up a warrior in Draymond Green. So I want to talk about him a little bit more. The Warriors obviously ended the sun streak of 18 straight wins. But really, Draymond Green over the last two weeks, 48th overall on a per game basis, averages of 8.6 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, 1.7 steals. I was looking at the trademark and seeing some of the some trade values that could go around. Would you trade Draymond Green for Christian Wood? So I'll give you I'll give you an answer that you probably don't want to hear. It depends because 
there's two players that sort of operate differently and give you different, uh, fill up the, the box score in a different way. So yeah. if, if you're a team that's not competitive at all in assists, there's no way I'd want to trade for Draymond because he's not going to help me in more places than Christian Wood would help me outside of the assist category. But if I'm competitive in assists every week, yes, I actually would do that. But if you look back to last season, Christian Wood finished as the 67th player on a per game basis. And Draymond Green was the 55th player on a per game basis. So they're very similar, but you obviously knock Draymond Green down a few notches if you're not looking at being competitive in the assist category. So if, if you're not interested in assists, then no, I would rather have Christian Wood. But if assists are something I'm competitive in, I would rather have Draymond Green right now, especially when they get Klay Thompson back. Like Those assist numbers might, all, might only go up, right? If Klay Thompson's over there hitting corner threes, you know, I want that. Yeah, you know, I want those eight, nine assists per game. You know, with a triple double threat uh, on my roster every night, especially because the Warriors are competitive and the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets have won what five straight at this point. But at the end of the day, they're not a super competitive team. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Really, he's been a lot better than last season. Obviously, it's probably the winning environment when the Warriors aren't good. Draymond's not as inspired when they're the, one of the best teams in the West. This is where you get the value out of Draymond, a guy that doesn't score a lot of points, and that's why we wanted to emphasize. Some of these players that, you know, it's not all about scoring and, and Draymond's proven that to that. I uh, just wanted to acknowledge my man, Juan T, Juan Toscano Anderson for committing the most violent homicide of the year on JaVale McGee. My God, <laughs> that, was, that was that was mean. Oh, he almost did like a windmill. Like he was back so far the way he cocked that. Oh, man, that was that was the best dunk of the year. Uh, shout to Anthony Edwards who got his taken away, but that one, this one was better than that. I don't that know, was, man. Those, those was, are, those are close. Those are close, but nobody's going to remember the Ann Edwards one because it was right. offensive. foul. Right. Wanted to ask a random question. How old is Kevon Looney? I want to say like 32, but I bet you it's closer to like 26 because you're asking that question. Re- respect, respect. I was surprised, man. I was looking at him when, when the Warriors and the Suns were playing, I was like, damn, Deandre Ayton looks like he's like 36 and he's 23. And I looked at, and then it just panned to, to Kevon Looney. I was like, damn, he looked old as shit too. Surprise, 25 years old. So good, good guess. Good guess. <laughs> good guess. Yeah, thanks. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, the stock gods for week seven. Shout out to Macau Bridges. He had eight steals over the course of the week. He had to leave the game against the, the Warriors for a brief time. Didn't get a chance to get a steal in that one. But he had two consecutive games of four steals. So if you have Macau Bridges on your roster, I'm sure he's helping you win that category. And also, Mo Bamba. Man, this guy was just a freak last week. 11 blocks over a three-game time span, 3.7 per game. Man, and shout out to Joel Embiid as well, who averaged three stocks per game since coming back. And then also, as I mentioned before, Alonzo Ball, who also averaged three stocks um, over his last two so, yeah, man, any thoughts on uh, we haven't talked about Mo Bamba in a while, but just want to get your thoughts on his ascension and him playing alongside Wendell Carter's seems to be working, man. He's, he's yeah, going man. off. And, and and I don't know if Jonathan Isaac's coming back anytime soon, because now the NBA is implementing the the booster shot. So Ooh, Jonathan yeah. Isaac, Jonathan Isaac didn't want to get the the the, uh, the COVID shot in the first place. So you figure guys like, you know, him and. And Kyrie, you know, it's not looking likely that those guys are going to come back. So if you were worried about that with Mo Bamba's minutes, don't be. Mo Bamba's here to stay. And he's, you know, he's going to continue being the top 40 player uh, in nine cat leagues moving forward. And after this little topic here, I got another guy who's 
not necessarily Mo Bamba, but he might be a poor man's Mo Bamba for a little bit. Seeing that we're talking about Orlando, Florida, what's going on with the Heat? Ben Adebayo is out for four to six weeks with a thumb injury. It didn't even look like Bam even knew that he was even hurt that significantly. Watched this press conference afterwards, and he was definitely disheartened. He's not a guy that really misses games, so certainly going to be a big loss for the Heat here. Jimmy Butler's missed his last four games. I saw that he's going to be questionable for Monday night, so we'll see if we'll get him back. But uh, who are you eyeing from the Heat for the time being that might be able to slot in there as a, at least a decent fantasy value for Bam Adebayo. Listen, man, if this guy got 34 minutes, or excuse me, if this guy got 31 minutes a night, like Mo Bamba does for the magic, we'd be talking about Dwayne Dedman as like a top 50 dude, like on a per, on a per minute basis, dude's a beast plays 26 minutes a game, nine points. Remember points aren't everything in a nine cat league, nine points, 10.7 boards, 2.3 assists. 1.7 stocks and just one turnover per game in the last three games that he's been starting in uh, with, with Bam out of bio on the sidelines. And that's likely going to continue. Like they've got a couple guys off the bench. Uh, Omer, you're at seven. He's a rookie. Uh, he got it. He got his shine in one of those games where I think uh, the heat were competitive and he played the fourth quarter, but I don't think they were matched up with another big man uh, that they needed Deadman, but I mean, those he's got 1.3 three-pointers per game, too, in those three games. Like, that's that's what Bamba does for you, and he's not going to get the blocks that Bamba gets, but it, we're talking about pretty similar numbers if Deadman can stay on the floor. And with Bam Adebayo expected to miss anywhere, you know, at least maybe six weeks, like, we could be looking at Deadman as a really good producer in nine-cat leagues, and he should be rostered everywhere, at least until Bam returns. Much of the stuff that you outlined, he kind of sounds like a mold of, like, a a shooting Rashawn Holmes doesn't contribute a lot of turnovers, but he'll give you points, rebounds, some defensive metrics alongside there. Markeith Morris isn't coming back. Uh, looks like he's going to be, he's already been ruled out. So one less person to bolster that front court. So uh, yeah, uh, out the gates, man, you got to pick up Dwayne Dedman in not in shallow leagues and in 12 team formats. I think this yeah, guy's a must it, pick up. It's not like, game. it's not like PJ Tucker is going to soak up more usage. PJ Tucker is who PJ Tucker is. He's, sure. he's the, he's the four and he's a defensive guy. He's a, he's a scrappy guy on the offensive end, but at the end of the day, you need a big man to, to fill in for bam. And that's PJ Tucker is like six, six. And that, right. He's not going to be able to fill that role. Whereas Dwayne Dedman's like six, 10 is a typical big that, that Miami mm-hmm. likes to play off of. So go pick up Dwayne Dedman. Fair enough. The Hornets got ravaged by COVID and health and safety protocols. Lamella ball out. Terry Rozier out. Mason Plumley out. Jalen McDaniels, three other five starters are going to be out here. So who are you rushing to pick up? I saw James Booknight. He's been cooking in the G League. He recently got recalled. So he's a, definitely a guy that I'm, I'm looking at. But um, you got to feel like this is probably going to be spread out amongst the other, you know, Hornets players that don't have COVID, like the Gordon Haywards, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, et cetera. Yeah, I think, right. Like you said, I think the most of the usage is going to be soaked up by those guys. Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward are both going to see 35% usage um, while Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier are out. Also, P.J. Washington has kind of been up and down throughout the season, battled a couple of injuries. He deserves to be, he deserves to be rostered everywhere uh, with these uh, guys on the COVID list and Mason Plumlee out. So he's going to start. He's going to see lots of minutes as well. But in, in terms of guys you want to pick up, Ish Smith, right, with Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier out, the backcourt is missing uh, a guy to handle the ball, and that's – Ish Smith is going to do that for you. He's a veteran, savvy veteran. Uh, I like him to pick up the slack. 
the Hornets only play three games this week, but they play four the following week. And we're talking about, you know, at least 10 days on the COVID list. So you're likely going to get some of those games uh, in week nine as well when they play four. Uh, so, so I do like picking up, you know, the Ish Smiths and the, I mean, James Booknight is a little bit more of a deep, uh, you know, he's, he's probably got to watch instead of a guy to go pick up immediately. Um, and I don't really see anybody else uh, from the Hornets that I'm interested in, in, in rolling with. Are, are you seeing anybody? No, I think your, your call of Ish Smith is the right one. Um, savvy veteran. He's been on like the most teams in NBA history. It seems like he, he actually <laughs> might be at the like, but you know, for a career per 36 numbers of six assists. So if you're looking for a guy to, to come in there and just give you some dimes, three to one assist to turnover ratio. So he doesn't kill you. He does crush your field goal percentage. That's the only thing. So hopefully he won't be shooting that much. Uh, but he also does rack up a lot of steel. So uh, I think Ish Smith is a logical choice here if James Booknight isn't quite ready to adjust to the NBA level yet. But um, but yeah, let's talk about we're, we're talking about a lot about rookies here. But I just I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my boy Scotty Barnes here. Probably the best value pick I made in my in my fantasy league this year. This guy's just been crushing it over, uh, man, over the last two weeks, 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists shooting 48% from the field, 1.8 steals, 1.2 blocks. He's finally cracked the top 80. Do you think that he's, he's actually going to push Evan Mobley for rookie of the year? Is this, is this race getting a little bit tighter? This is real. This is like, this is like really real in the uh, let's see in his last five games, Scotty Barnes is ranked ninth on a per game basis. Want to hear these numbers, 18 points, seven and a half boards, three and a half assists, 1.8 steals and 1.4 blocks. Are you kidding me? This is this this guy's like this guy's playing like a savvy vet, and who averages eighteen points and shoots over fifty percent from the field? Like we're t- like that that does, doesn't happen. Like guys who score that much don't shoot that high of a percentage. Like that's like Zach Levine. Like he shoots he he scores a lot and shoots fifty percent. Demar Derozan he shoots a lot. And score, I mean he scores a lot and shoots fifty percent. Rookies don't do that. Tyrese Halliburton last season was only scoring like you know eleven or twelve points a game. And he was shooting fifty percent. This guy's. Scotty Barnes is like 17 points a game. It's insane. So while everybody's, you know, hopping on these tickets to, to you know, buy in on Evan Mobley, I would do the same for Scotty Barnes. Like he's, he's, he's doing, he's doing his thing. Obviously OG Ananobi's out of the lineup. Pascal Siakam was out of the lineup before that, but he's kind of overcome this adversity sticking in the starting lineup. And I've got to give it, I've got to give credit uh, where credit's due. Uh, Dennis Clawson of Roto Baller ranked him as 69th overall in nine cat leagues. And everybody at Roto Baller said that he was absolutely nuts. And we were all like, Oh dude, this, this guy's not even going to be top 150. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, like this, I mean this, he's going to be like top 75 guy. And we we're like, nah. And look at him. Scotty Barnes is good. Is going to finish as a top 75 guy in nine cat leagues. No ifs, ands or buts about it. He's averaging 38 minutes per game over his last Stupid. set over the last week he's not going anywhere even if og comes back like he's obviously a fixture of this rotation and more importantly i think the knock on scotty barnes was his inability to score we see that he can do that he's getting 18 points but more importantly this dude's knocking down three three pointers over the last week so he's showing you the range now if he's still growing he's still young like who's to say he can't grow like another two inches or something like that this guy's going to be a menace in the league, man. Absolutely. It's, cra- it's crazy how much everybody was like when, when the magic took, uh, or when the, when the Raptors took the Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs, everybody's like, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. And the only reason that was, a, that was a thing is because the whole world watched Jalen Suggs in the NCAA championship. Right. And, and his run in the, in March madness. And, and nobody got to see Scotty Barnes. 
it's kind of like uh uh it's a little james harden-esque right like like james harden wasn't like this incredible thing at arizona state and i mean he was good and then wasn't really like you know heard of much and you know comes in the league and just i mean didn't fall out his first couple years in oklahoma city but uh let me see what he's doing obviously and Scotty Barnes was just kind of an unknown raw prospect and who could play some defense. And I mean, he's that's shown a, that's his- the thing. Yeah. Like he's, he came in as like this defensive stopper who is also a point forward. I don't know, man. He's got, he's got those unicorn characteristics that yes. you want in a fantasy asset to me. He reminds me, he reminds me yeah. of miles bridges, dude. Interesting. I mean, he's a better, I think he's a better passer than miles bridges. Ugh. He could be miles bridges in a couple of years. <laughs> Dude, it may not even be a what couple if, years. He's already like, well, I'm almost wondering now, like it begs the question, where would you draft it? Like he's a mid round pick next year, easily top five rounds. Depends what happens with Siakam and, and, and Ananobi. Like are, are those guys, are those guys staying in Toronto? I know Siakam's had some, you know, ups and downs with the Raptors organization uh, last couple of years. So if he, maybe he's on his way, maybe, maybe Barnes is the reason why Siakam, they can let Siakam go. He's like, expendable now. Let's Absolutely. see, let's see, he's, he's let's see how those, let's see how those guys all fit together when they're all healthy. All right, Sixers, make the trade. Let's get Siakam to Philly for uh, Ben Simmons, but no chance that uh, the Raptors even sniff that deal. In a as second. days as days progress, man, the leverage is lost. It's just we're gonna end up with Malcolm Brogdon. Can we talk real quickly about Tyrese Maxey and how he doesn't know how to play alongside Joel Embiid? Is it is it Joel Embiid's fault or is it Tyrese Maxey's fault? Uh, this- that's a Doc Rivers problem. He's got to tell Tyrese Max. He's got to give Tyrese Maxey the confidence to to think that he can step up and be the number two. Like they got to trust in each other now. And maybe it's Embiid thinking he has to do it all, but he doesn't, man. Especially in clutch situations, we've seen it, man. He he fumbles the ball. He doesn't ta- have a a good shot selection. His IQ disappears. Whereas I'd like to see Maxey kind of just let's let's see what he can do, man. He's already outperformed all the expectations we could have had for him. Let this him is- rock. But this is why, we, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, this is why we call Tyrese Maxey a sell high yeah. because he doesn't, he, he's not the same guy playing alongside Embiid that he is without Embiid in the lineup. Next up here on Buckets is a segment we call Elite Entries, where I'll dive into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. I'll start off the first entry with Derek White over 13 and a half points. He's playing against the Phoenix Suns. Derek White's cleared 13 and a half points in six of his last eight contests, including a 19 point effort against the Suns on November 22nd. Now, the Spurs are in the midst of a four game winning streak, and Derek White's done this in four of his last six games against the Suns when getting at least 27 minutes. And over his last five, Derek White's been averaging 33 minutes per game while averaging 17 points per game over that span. This is a great spot for Derek White to continue his scoring ways. The Suns are favored here, so good opportunity for Derek White. Like the over. The second play that I like is Landry Shamit under 11.5 points against the San Antonio Spurs. Shamit scored 11 points in their last meeting on November 22nd and only 23 minutes of play. And he scored over 11.5 points in only two of his last 15 games while averaging 7.6 this season. He's seen an uptick in minutes with Devin Booker out, but with San Antonio's second unit playing so well, I think this is a place where Shamit might struggle. This is a bit too high for a boomer bust bench guy like Landry Shamit. I'm going the under 11.5 points here. And for my final play, going with the Orlando Magic's Franz Wagner to go over 2.5 assists against the Golden State Warriors. So the rookie is averaging two and a half assists this season, but he's cleared two and a half assists in six straight games while averaging 3.6 assists over his last 10. 
And in six games versus Western Conference opponents, Franz is averaging 3.7 dimes this year. And interestingly enough, 47% of the assists have gone to Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter Jr. this season. We know the Warriors boast an undersized front court, so Wagner could find some uh, cheap assists with some mismatches in the uh, post or with these big men for Orlando. So with my final play going Franz Wagner over two and a half assists. All right. So that is our elite entry for Monday night going with Derek White over 13 and a half points. Landry Shamit under 11 and a half points and Franz Wagner over two and a half assists. As a reminder, prize picks markets move. So you'll want to get in on that fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize pick account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit for up to $100 or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Now back to the show. Let's take it to the schedule stuff. The Spurs, the only team with the golden five-game week fantasy schedule. Uh, we saw Lonnie Walker go for 21 points against the the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. So I think he's an obvious one. But uh, yeah, Devin Vassell, we haven't got any clarity on his injury yet. So I'm definitely eyeing Lonnie Walker, maybe Doug McDermott. Anybody else that you like for five games? All these guys, man. All these guys have to be rostered. All the Spurs have to be rostered. All the fringe guys, right? Keldon Johnson, he's not a great nine-cap player. He needs to be rostered because, you know, he's a starter going to play 30 minutes a game and they've got five games. Not only do the Spurs have five games, they have they they avoid the Wednesday slate of 13 games and they mm. play they play on Tuesday and they play on Thursday when there's only three games in the association. This is the this is the most golden week for Spurs. Uh, this is the most golden week of any team I think I've seen all season, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Because Easily. I mean, this is just this is just insane. and. Let's see. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the grid and and other other teams I like. No other team plays five games, but if we're talking about teams that play on Tuesday and Thursday, you're also looking at the Los Angeles Lakers. So they're the only other team that plays Tuesday and Thursday, and you want you want a part of that schedule because you're not going to have overlap with guys on the right. bench on Monday and Wednesday. So from the Lakers guys, I'm looking at you know Dwight Howard. I think is the starter now, right? So he's he's got some he's got some appeal. Uh, Malik Monk, if you need threes and points, he's been cooking off the bench for the Lakers. Taylor Horton yep. Tucker probably deserves a roster spot as well. Yep. And keep 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 an eye on uh, you know teams that play. If you've got fringe guys that 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 play Monday and Wednesday, and don't and only play one game Thursday through Sunday, you probably want to drop those guys after they play on Wednesday. So so teams like that, you're talking about the Portland Trail Blazers, the Washington Wizards and the Chicago Bulls, all those fringe guys from those teams, you probably want to let go after Wednesday. And then one other point on the team I just brought up, well, the Portland Trailblazers, so they've got a ton of injuries in their backcourt as well. So Anthony Simons is hurt. Damian Lillard's out for at least a week or two. CJ McCollum actually just got the, a little bit of a rib injury as well. Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy that needs to be picked up. He needs to be picked up everywhere just because he's going to yeah. soak up all those minutes. And they don't they don't have a ton else right now. Yeah. So if you're and looking he's, he's, and he's playing pretty well too. Like he had 21.6 rebounds, four, four dimes. He's usually been an efficiency problem, but he always gets steals. So uh just by sheer opportunity, you got to scoop up DSJ. But but in all, in all honesty, he's only good for the beginning part of this week and like hardly even so because the Trailblazers only play Monday and Wednesday. So I like mm-hmm. him more for week nine when they have four games. 
um, if some of those guys are still hurt. And they might be. And yeah. McCollum's looks like a mild injury, but if Simons and Lloyd's still going to be out. So Dennis Smith Jr. definitely has some appeal there. Yeah. Atlanta Hawks, Phoenix Suns, and Toronto Raptors only have two games in week eight. So those won't be very streamable. And then teams with four games, you got Brooklyn, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, as Adam already stated, LA, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, New York, OKC, and and Philadelphia. So yeah, there's uh, going to be some really nice opportunities for you guys to scoop up some good players. So let's talk, just talk about a few of them right now. Wanted to get your thoughts on Garrison Matthews out of Houston and what he's been doing uh, in the absence of Jalen Green. Do you think he's worthy of picking up? Because I see a lot of activity for him in uh, 12-team formats. Yeah, yeah, he might be. I mean, he's he's a he's a threes and points guy, and he's been in the starting lineup. But the Rockets only played three games, so I'm not I'm not super interested in a guy like that streaming for this week. I know like he's got a lot of the the, the ads on Yahoo, so it makes him an enticing pickup. But um, I'm probably not that interested in Garrison Matthews to be honest with you. I'd rather have Malik Monk because they're a very similar player. Monk's role is much more solidified, and the Lakers play on Tuesday and Thursday. So right. for this week, I would stream Malik Monk over. Uh, Garrison Matthews. Yeah. And what's your thoughts on Max Struess? Also been playing really well in the absence of Jimmy Butler. We don't really know where Jimmy Butler is in his recovery right now. Is it a Max Struess or maybe a Caleb Martin? Any of those guys have any interest on the waiver wire? I like Caleb Martin when he was uh, starting for the Heat. So if he's listed as a starter, then then I, I want a piece of that. But he, he headed to the bench in, in, in the Heat's last game. So they're going to run a rotation of, of Martin, Vince, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess, um, basically. And they're running, like, only eight guys. So, yeah, they do have some appeal, uh, but but nothing I'm, like, running to the waiver wire to go pick up. Like I am D- Dwayne Dedman, because he's got a solidified role, and he's he's going to get you, he's going to get you. Um, sure. But and, and Jimmy Butler's only, from what I've heard, it's only going to be a couple, couple game absence. They said, you know, he's going to be out another two games a couple days ago, so... I think we're coming up on that. So we, we could see Butler back in the lineup sooner rather than later. Yeah. One, one other random guy, DeAndre Bembry. Uh, do you see any value in him? He's been averaging closer to 25 minutes over the last week. Do you see any value in picking him up in deeper leagues? Yeah. As long as, as long as he's starting, he's got, he definitely has some value. Um, in his last six games, nine points, six and a half boards, one and a half assists and two stocks per game, shooting a pretty good field goal percentage. So he, He's definitely a streamable guy if the if the Nets have a favorable schedule. But hold on, before we close out, I can't let you off the hook, man. We talked about Jared Vanderbilt versus Kevin Herter two weeks ago. Since then, Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt, my guy, is ranked forty first on a per game basis. Kevin Herter is not even sniffing the top two hundred. So just Kevin let Herter's, it be known. Just Kevin let Herter's it be known. Sucks. Just let it be known. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, don't cut. I'll... Don't cut this. Don't cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out because I already got my my victory lap in for beating you last week slash DeMar DeRozan. But uh, yeah, I, I missed swinging a whiff on Kevin Herter. He's already hurt again. And uh, yeah, he sucks. Kevin hurt, 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 hurt your, Kevin hurt your fantasy teamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It, it goes like that sometimes, though. You know, we can't win them all, but uh, it'd be like, be like that. Hopefully all the other the other ones that we've given you, the waivers, not only for this week, but in the past have been successful for you guys in navigating your weeks. We'll be back next week with the week nine look ahead. And yeah, check out the fantasy forecast with Joe Delira and myself. Pretty much summarizing points of this podcast, as well as giving you guys some tips for player props. I know you guys want to get some money. 
We've been killing the prize picks segment, so make sure to open up an account there. Use the promo code ACTION10. Make sure you download the award-winning Action Network app to tail all the experts' bets. Until next time, we'll holla at you. Peace.